Hey everyone, I'm Juliet Bond, host of Wild and Wonderful. Welcome to episode 4, the Green Bank Observatory. Today we're going to be taking you on a tour of the observatory and giving you a little bit of information on some of the cool programs that they put on and some of the things that they found using the telescopes located at the Green Bank National Radio Observatory. people don't know that there is a national observatory located here in West Virginia. It's located in the town of Green Bank and that is what gives it its name. It's called the Green Bank National Observatory and it is home to several radio telescopes and it has made several incredible discoveries recently and since it was created. And today we're going to take you there and tell you a little bit about it and its history and some of the things that it does today. So I actually went to Green Bank pretty recently. It was about last year. It was during COVID, and so they had most of it shut down, including the Science Center and the Wacom Center. And so they also had self-guiding walking tours. So you kind of just walked around by yourself. There was hardly like anyone there. And it was super cool to go see all the telescopes. And I'm going to share some of that with you today. The first stop on the tour is the Jansky Antenna. And it's a replica of the first antenna that was ever able to pick up radio waves. It was built by Carl Jansky, and he was the first person to do anything like this. And he was very famous for it, and now there's actually a unit of measurement named after him called Jansky's. So after Jansky first picked up these radio waves, it inspired an engineer named Grote Reber. And he built the Reber telescope by himself at his home. It was the first telescope that had a dish shape. And it was revolutionary in the field of radio astronomy. And it kicked off a lot of research. And that exact telescope is actually still at Green Bank. It's right in front of the Science Center. And it is the original one. Grote Reber was kind enough to give it to them as a gift. And it's been there ever since. So the first modern telescope that you come to on your tour is the 45-foot telescope. It's designed to be portable, it's been moved around the state, and they eventually brought it to Green Bank so that it can join a giant telescope array. It was the fourth one in the array, they're called interferometers. And it, it helped discover Sagittarius A, which is the black hole in the center of our galaxy. And it's done several different projects since. And it's actually not being used right now, but it is usable. It just does not have a project at the time being. So after you pass the 45-foot telescope, you come to the 20-meter telescope. So the 20-meter telescope was built by the Navy, and it was used to activate the GPS satellite that was in space at the time. They used it to calibrate it from Earth. And then basically the Navy was done with it, and they decided that they didn't need it anymore. So they gave it to Green Bank, and now it is part of the Skynet Telescope Network, and it's used by lots of youth and educators and programs that we're going to talk about later, and it's very popular with scholars and people like that. And it's, you know, it's led by the University of North Carolina. The Tattel Telescope is the oldest telescope that is at Green Bank, and it's been used for a very long time. It did stopped being used in 2000. And it was actually first used by Frank Drake, 
You may have heard of him because he was the creator of SETI, or the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And this happened way back in 1960. And they didn't actually find anything, but it did kick off, you know, all of those investigations done by SETI. And again, this telescope, like the 45-foot, was used in the same telescope array. So next on the tour is the 40-foot telescope. It was built in 1962. It was the very first, you know, fully automated radio telescope of its kind. And it's uh, the only one that has a mesh dish and a separate control room. And it's, you know, like the 20-foot, it's used by teachers and students and scholars and things like that. It's not as much for scientists or anything, but it's still very interesting. After the 40-foot, you'll hit the 140-foot telescope. I know it's a big jump in size. And by the way, all of these names, they're based on the diameter of the dish. So the 140-foot telescope, its dish is 140 feet in diameter. And it was fully built in 1965. So the 140-foot telescope is very different looking. It's the next telescope you'll run to on the tour. And it was built in 1965. And it looks different because it is an equatorially mounted telescope. And it's very odd looking if you base it off of the other tel telescopes that you've seen. And it's the largest of its kind in the world. It's made several discoveries. And until 2019, it was part of a program that tracked satellites. And the satellite works with the radio telescopes back here on our planet. Up next is my personal favorite, the GBT, or Green Bank Telescope, more specifically known as the Robert C. Byrd Green Bank Telescope. And it is the largest radio telescope in the world. And it is fully steerable and it is just incredible. Its dish is 2.3 acres. That's about two football fields. And it is incredible. It has receivers unlike any telescope of its kind. It's completely crazy cool. And it was designed by staff right there at the Green Bank Observatory. It's the third largest moving object in the world, not including boats. And again, it is fully steerable, so it can move in any direction. And it is incredibly sensitive, which makes it like one of the most powerful radio telescopes in the world. Probably the most, actually. It is probably the most powerful radio telescope in the world. And it is so impossible to get into because so many scientists from all over the world are submitting projects to it. And it is so neat. You have to go see it if you're in the area. So we've talked a little bit about the Green Bank Interferometer before, but I'll remind you again. It is the telescope array. And basically, these telescopes work as a team and they point at an object and it simulates kind of like a giant dish because they're incredibly hard to build as we can see with the Green Bank Telescope. It's so hard to build giant dishes, but if you put them together and use use a network of telescopes in the same place and point at the same object, it kind of simulates a dish. So along with the Tetel telescope and the 45-foot telescope, there were a few more telescopes in the array. The 85-3, the 85-2, and now less known, 85-1. We don't talk about the many other 85s and the 85-3. They all have similar names, obviously, because they're copies of each other used for this array. 
which is not in use anymore, like I said earlier, ended in 2000, but it inspired many other arrays like it, the VLA in New Mexico and the array in Chile. So it's really neat that it inspired so many new revolutionary telescope arrays, and it's super cool to go see, even though it's not being used anymore. So like I said earlier, there's only one telescope that still has a control room separate from the one at the Jansky Lab. But the one at the Jansky Lab is super cool because I've actually had a virtual tour of this one before and I've gotten to see it. And there's a giant U-shaped desk and there's a bunch of computer monitors on the wall on the desk. And one person sits at the desk and that is the telescope operator. And there are six working at Green Bank right now and they all take shifts with the telescope. And their job is to be there in case any of the telescopes are malfunctioning for any reason. They can fix it from that control room or they can stop it entirely. But it's super cool that these six guys are controlling all of the telescopes at once and it's a super cool job. I'm kind of jealous. So next I'm going to tell you about a little bit of a program that runs through the Green Bank Observatory that I just finished taking part of and it was so cool. It's called the Governor's STEM Institute. And basically these kids in West Virginia, all of these students come together. This year it was virtually, and normally it'd be at the Green Bank Observatory, but this year we did it virtually. And they, we learned all about radio astronomy and a lot of other subjects, and we got to use the 20 meter telescope. And it is such a cool experience. And we got to do research projects and work in teams. And I was very impressed by the experience given they pulled it together to be virtual so fast within a matter of months. We got sent boxes of supplies and it was such an organized experience and I had so much fun and I learned so much. And it was just so cool that they could do this and let us use the telescope, you know, remotely from our phones. And we get to use the telescope now and it was just so cool and I'm so grateful for the experience. And there's a lot of cool, you know, programs that are run out of the observatory. The Pulsar Search Collaboratory, GSI. I mean, there's so many programs that come out of here. And the educators there are incredible. And the workers there are incredible. And the telescope operators are incredible. And they've done such a great job with this observatory. And I was so, so impressed by everything that they did. Well guys, that's all I have for you today. I'd like to thank you for coming to this episode and taking this tour with me. It's been so fun getting to tell you guys about all of the cool telescopes, places that you've never heard of, and a lot of things that you've never seen before. And of course, as usual, all of these photos and stuff will be on our Instagram, wildandwonderful underscore podcast, if you'd like to see photos of all the telescopes we've been talking to. I'll add those there very soon. You're going to want to check them out. It's so cool. And thanks one more time. And I will see you next week. Make sure to tune in.